The world is changing fast. Invest in that change before you miss out. It's easy. When positioning your portfolio, you know, towards mega trends, it's very clear that you have the appropriate time horizon to take advantage of these. It's not a short-term speculative fad that you're positioning towards. It's a long-term positioning of your portfolio. And then I think another sort of common feature of these mega trends is that they present investment opportunities and a, a means with which to position your portfolio for future growth. That's ultimately what they represent and why they're interesting to think about. Welcome to Easy Desert, a podcast by Easy Equities where we simplify money and investing. No jargon, no complications. Your cool guide to investing. Easy. Mm-hmm. Welcome to the Easy Does It Podcast, your cool guide to investing. My name is DJ At Large. Now, a few weeks ago, we were at Leader X 2022, and Satrix did an intriguing keynote presentation on global megatrends and thematic investments as part of a broader investment outlook. What are the megatrends that could affect your portfolio? What is thematic investing? Where should you be putting your money during these uncertain times? So over the next three episodes, Kingsley Williams will be guiding us and answering some of these questions. He is the Chief Investment Officer at Satrix. Kingsley, welcome to the Easy Does It Podcast, brother. Thanks for having me, Teppo. Lovely, man. It's great to have you. Now, before we get started, I've got a random money question for you, Kingsley, right? If you could send a money message to your younger self, what would that message be? It would be start saving as soon as you can, start investing as soon as you can, and do as much of it as you can as possible because the beauty of investing is really about that eighth wonder of the world, the so-called eighth wonder of the world that uh, is attributed to Einstein, which is that uh, compounding works in your favor. And if you understand it, you stand to benefit from it. And if you don't, uh, you end up paying for it. So start as early as you can, save as much as you can, and uh, stay disciplined, stay the course. Yeah, and I think in this day and age, Satrix and Easy Equities have made it so simple to start owning the market, irrespective of age, irrespective of your level. I mean, you could start with an ETF. So, you know, I love that money message. Mine would be pretty much simple. Uh, Less drinking and partying and clubbing and more investing is the message that I'd send to my younger self. Now, Kingsley, at LeaderX 2022, you gave an intriguing Satrix keynote presentation on megatrends as part of a broader investment outlook. Uh, For our listeners who would like to see the presentation, we will share a link in the episode description. Kingsley, what are the current five megatrends that investors need to look out for? Yeah, it's a great question, Teppo, and it really hinges on some work that BlackRock have done. Uh, We have a close relationship with BlackRock in our local market, and they've done an fascinating amount of work sort of looking at the forces that are shaping the global investment landscape, uh, the global economy, and ultimately presenting uh, opportunities for investors to tilt their portfolios towards these megatrends to take advantage of these long-term, almost inevitabilities that are shaping the world. So the first one is shifting economic power, uh, really speaks to the move of rising uh, economies uh, which are exerting increasing influence on the geopolitical and economic uh, stage. Think about China, think about other emerging markets like India, 
you know, and how they're gaining in prominence versus the traditional powerhouses of the global economy. The other one is demographics and social change. And this really speaks to companies and countries being more representative uh, of the different demographic groups that uh, make up those populations and the people with, that live within those uh, areas or work within those businesses. But it also refers to aging populations and it refers to uh, the shifts that that's going to uh, result in as you know, people have fewer children, uh, particularly as wealth increases in uh, more developed economies who tend to have fewer children. And that causes interesting dynamics that you can take advantage of as populations age. The third one is one we call rapid urbanization. And this is really about people moving into cities, moving away from less urban areas, less dense areas into more dense areas, moving into mega cities. Uh, the fourth one is what we call climate change and resource scarcity. And this is uh, the ongoing drive that has been shaping uh, the world and uh, how, we, how we do business over the last few decades to be more sustainable, to make sure that we use our resources very efficiently and along with that to make sure that we reduce the effects of climate change, reduce carbon emissions, etc. And then the final one is technological innovation. And this really is at the heart of a lot of the forces shaping uh, the global landscape. You know, technological innovation is really what unlocks the solutions that we need for tomorrow. And that can take many forms uh, to help address some of the other mega trends that are, sh uh, that are shaping the investment landscape, but also new opportunities for things we haven't even thought of. Yeah, and, and I mean, when you look at these five mega trends, if you switch on the news, you look at local news or international news, you can see some of these trends playing out. Even if you don't pay attention to the news, if you just open your eyes to your immediate environment, you can see some of these things playing out. Climate change and rapid urbanization and technology and innovation and all of that. The one that got me very interested is in relation to the first mega trend you mentioned, Kingsley, around the shifting economic power. What are the factors that might cause cause you know the US or Europe to lose ground to the likes of India and China? Yeah it's a great question and I think at the heart of it is the size of the populations of these newer economies uh, and very much the developmental intention that they have to lift the GDP of their country and the GDP per capita in other words how much each person is producing and the amount of wealth each person is able to generate and the amount of productivity each person is generating within those economies. And we've seen that play out in China. Uh, India is obviously another great example of that. Uh, both countries are significant uh, powerhouses in terms of the size of their populations. And that really forms the underpin. But uh, there are other forces that also contribute to that. So Historically, those economies have been quite, and, and particularly their stock markets, have been quite difficult to access. But over the last few years, they've liberalized their markets, made them more investor-friendly, uh, put in place the controls and mechanisms to give foreign investors confidence and ease of access to be able to invest in those markets. So them being more investor-friendly would obviously stimulate more growth going forward. And one of the big features with both China and India is their manufacturing and technological prowess. So we all know most of the world's goods are made in China uh, today. Uh, and that really speaks to the economies of scale and uh, you know how cost-effectively they're able to manufacture goods. 
But interestingly, uh, we also know that uh, India is very well renowned for its technology service industry. So a lot of outsourced services uh, are outsourced to India where they provide the, you know, the business continuity services or technological outsourcing services that are required. And that creates a very interesting investment underpin. Yeah, and I think sort of underpinning all of it is that uh, these two countries are increasingly uh, flexing their muscles, so to speak, uh, in the, on, on the geopolitical stage in terms of the amount of influence that they exert. And uh, as their economies grow and their capital markets catch up to the size of their economies, I think that's a very interesting point. Like the size of their stock markets are much smaller in proportion to the size of their economies in the real world, Main Street, uh, than you would find, say, in the more developed markets where an economy like the UK or whatever is not that much bigger, say, than in India or China or similar size even. But their stock markets, India and China stock markets are way smaller. So that's also where there's an investment opportunity. Yeah, that's so interesting. You know, as you're speaking, you know, we're talking about China, India, the US, Europe uh, as an entire continent. I want to bring it a bit home. You know, I think about South Africa, I think about Africa as a continent. What do we need to do to benefit from some of this shifting economic power you know what comes to mind to me is you know political stability is something we need we need better infrastructure would you agree with with some of the things that we need to do in order to benefit from the shift that is happening in in the world definitely uh, you know you want to have policies that are supportive of growth and some of those policies would require giving investors comfort that uh, you know when they invest what they invest in has all of the legal protections uh, around it that you know you're able to you know have a sound legal system to protect your investments property rights etc you want uh, confidence in your financial services sector that there are good risk controls around how that works to make sure you know where money's coming from and all of the proper controls that go around that yeah I, ultimately a lot of it comes down to to economic policy which provides that underpin uh, which en- enables these countries to kick on from a from an economic growth perspective, mm, definitely agree with you. In in terms of these mega trends that we're discussing, are they long term in nature, or can we see some of them fading off as time passes? Yeah, so I think when people hear mega trends, their immediate concern would be that this is a fad or something short term in nature, and that's the very point of identifying these mega trends is not for them to be fads or or short-term phenomenon, you know, they are long-term in nature. And, you know, there was a quote by Napoleon many, many centuries ago saying that uh, China is a sleeping giant. When she awakes, she will move the world. And I think that speaks to how long a megatrend, you know, China gaining in prominence and taking its place on the global stage, uh, you know, how long it's taken to unfold. Um, So, yes, they're going to be short-term corrections and uh, hiccups along the way as as these economies jostle for position and there's a lot of short-term noise but a lot of these longer-term megatrends help us see through that noise and position our portfolios accordingly. With some of these megatrends being long-term and you know, as you've mentioned there'll be short-term corrections and, and all of that, could we see these trends uh, almost creating new industries in the future? You know, I think of you know, 4IR and the emergence of cybersecurity as an example as something new. Uh, could we see uh, the creation of new industries because of these megatrends? I think so. Uh, necessity is, it's a bit of a cliche, but necessity is the mother of invention. So... You know, as the world grapples and increasingly faces numerous challenges such as resource scarcity, 
as well as grappling with how to deal with uh, the changing needs as populations uh, change and age. And as global economies adapt to where people live and the technological innovation required to service you know, more people living in confined spaces, that's undoubtedly going to lead to the creation of new industries, new technologies to solve those challenges. Yeah. And, you know, Kingsley, earlier on, you spoke about how these megatrends are quite long term in nature. What else do these megatrends have in common, you know, when, when we broadly think about them? Yeah, so they definitely are long term in nature. Um, I think the one sort of key feature we can say about these megatrends is that they're largely inevitable uh, and in many ways irreversible. But what is very unclear and perhaps another common theme about these megatrends is that the timing is often unclear on when these are going to play out exactly. So when positioning your portfolio you know, towards megatrends, it's very clear that you have the appropriate time horizon to take advantage of these. Uh, it's not a short-term speculative fad that you're positioning towards. It's a long-term positioning of your portfolio. And then I think another sort of... Uh, common feature of these megatrends is that they present investment opportunities and a, a means with which to position your portfolio for future growth. That's that's ultimately what they represent and, and, and why they're interesting to think about. Yeah, I'd love for you to touch on these opportunities, you know, because the, the relevance of these megatrends is that, you know, they will affect your portfolio in the long term, in the short term. If, if you have a strategy, investment strategy, you need to have these megatrends as part of your consideration. So what are the opportunities that each of these megatrends present for investors and, of course, our listeners? Yeah, so before I get into the detail of each of those, I think it's very important for investors to recognize that these are opportunities to tilt their portfolios towards these. So you, you, you want to still be starting with a well-diversified base across the global investment landscape. So I think it's very important that we frame that up front. And then above and beyond that, you can then take these tilts in your portfolio to say, oh, I like this theme, this resonates with me. I really believe this is going to play out and I want to be positioned uh, towards that. And then you overweight your core portfolio to be tilted towards these types of themes. So let's talk about shifting economic power. Um, I've sort of mentioned it already. Uh, it would, you know, large expressions of that would be China and India, but I think other emerging markets as well. But I think the caveat there is that it would need to be on a very selective basis. You need to have evidence that these economies and countries uh, have a reformist agenda that they're trying to liberalize their markets, provide the protection and con confidence that investors require to give them confidence to invest in those markets, which ultimately then leads to, you know, to economic growth and sustained growth over the long term. So, you know, shifting economic power, China and India are obvious ones, but uh, there, there, there are other emerging markets that can provide opportunities in that space. Within uh, demographics and social change, uh, really, you know, if we talk about older populations, uh, some of the implications of that means increased spending on healthcare. In fact, there's an interesting stat that a 70-year-old American is likely to spend, I think it's three and a half times uh, per annum uh, on healthcare versus someone half their age. So, and obviously, the older they get, the more they're going to be spending on healthcare. Uh, so, you know, it's quite a virtuous circle. As populations age, there's going to be more and more spending on healthcare. You know, so that's an inevitability to a large degree because we know populations are aging and that is a very slow unfolding thing. It's not something that's going to change very soon. Um, that's also going to give rise to labor shortages. 
which will necessitate uh, increased automation and technological innovation in order to uh, have the same productivity in an economy with a smaller workforce, uh, supporting a larger and older population. Uh, and along with that, there's going to be migration and development, hopefully, in other parts of the world, um, which, again, ties back into the shifting economic power. Uh, because we know many of the emerging markets do have these younger populations. And I guess there'll be increased demand for those younger populations uh, to be the workforce that sustains the global economy. So, uh, yeah, moving on to rapid urbanization, um, some of the opportunities there would be, you know, as people live in, more people gravitate to megacities, that would be digital connectivity. We all need our Wi-Fi connections. We all want our 5G. We all want unlimited bandwidth. So digital connect connectivity is a key thing that enables that. Uh, infrastructure goes without saying, uh, especially to move people around. You know, when you've got a lot of people living in a confined space, you need mass transport infrastructure to efficiently move people in and around the city. Um, healthcare, you know, hospitals, keeping people healthy. Uh, accommodation goes without saying, so that will also sort of tie in a little bit with infrastructure, the building required to, to support all those people. An interesting negative of people living together is, uh, you know, typically when people are living in confined spaces, you tend to have more crime and security problems. So there'll be technological solutions to address that in terms of perhaps increased security, increased surveillance, digital surveillance, etc. We've seen that unfold in China to, to, you know, in quite an aggressive way. And I think there are lots of opportunities for the emerging economies in both Africa and in Asia to take advantage of this rapid urbanization megatrend. The really interesting thing, thing, things that you've mentioned is around even just population and families and where we move to and where we stay. And it's such an interesting one where things are almost interlinked as well. They are. They definitely are connected. Um, and we'll talk a little bit about this later on. But, uh, you know, you'll see with the way in accessing these megatrends, it's not normally just one megatrend that you get exposure to. It's, you often get exposure to multi, multiple of them within, within a one particular uh, strategy that gives you exposure to them. So, yeah, and then just may, may, maybe talking about the, the last two, climate change and resource scarcity. This is really about the green economy um, and unlocking new and cleaner sources of energy. I think it's quite an interesting challenge that the world is grappling with at the moment in terms of finding renewables, uh, but also making sure that those can uh, deliver power as efficiently as the, let's say, the, the less renewable fossil fuel energy sources that we have. And, you know, weighing up the pros and cons of nuclear versus uh, wind energy versus solar, etc. I don't know if you've had a look on what it costs to put solar on your house, but it's, it's not an exercise for the faint-hearted. You know, it's quite, a, quite <laughs> it's an expensive, expensive. Uh, process. So, so I think uh, the, the world is definitely grappling with that, uh, the, the promise of renewables versus the cost. So making sure we get that cost-benefit right. And then lastly, on a technological innovation uh, front, uh, you know, again, increased connectivity, the benefit of reduced uh, costs for goods, uh, leading to greater efficiency and obviously unlocking, again, uh, innovation in the healthcare space, medical innovation, technological breakthrough within the healthcare space. 
Yeah, you know, Kingsley, these, these mega trends present so many opportunities. And the one is to tilt your existing portfolio accordingly to, to, to what's happening in the world at the moment. Uh, but still having that base of a well-diversified portfolio with long-term uh, thinking to it. I want to bring it back to, to Satrix in particular. What are the best Satrix products to consider in order to invest and then take advantage of some of these opportunities that you've mentioned? Great question. So, so what we've done at Satrix is we've grouped a couple of our funds into what we call a thematic range. Uh, and these thematic range of portfolios or ETFs are specifically designed to give you exposure to the megatrends. So this is probably something best uh, viewed in the slides, which you can access uh, after you've listened to the podcast. Uh, but I'll, we, we, you know, and I'll make sure we share these uh, with everyone listening. But you'll see that um, in the thematic range, we've got funds like NASDAQ 100, MSCI China, MSCI India. Uh, we've got a global core infrastructure ETF. We've got a smart city infrastructure ETF. There's a healthcare innovation ETF. Uh, we've got two ESG-focused ETFs offering you exposure to developed markets in the form of MSCI World and then emerging markets. Uh, so both of those are ESG-focused as well as climate-focused. So they address not only sustainability issues at company levels in terms of uh, environmental, social and governance issues, but they also address climate transition. So making sure that the carbon emissions are lower uh, and reduce every every year in order to meet uh, some of the Paris uh, uh, and COP uh, agreed goals. And then lastly, we've got a, a local ETF, uh, which specifically focuses on demographics and social change by uh, focusing on inclusion and diversity, companies that are at the forefront of championing uh, greater inclu uh, inclusivity and diversity within their, within their businesses. So what the slide will show you is those thematic funds give you exposure to the different megatrends. And uh, it, it, it's best viewed visually. And you can see, for example, that NASDAQ 100 is an obvious play on technological innovation. China and India are obvious plays on shifting economic power, but they also give you exposure to demographics and social change. And China in particular gives you exposure to rapid urbanization as well. Uh, so you can go through that and view that, uh, that slide at your own leisure and make sense of the thematic funds which give you exposure to those different megatrends. Yeah, and of course, in part three, we'll get into thematic investing and, and all the different types of offerings that Satrix uh, offers as well. Kingsley, thank you for telling us more about the mega trends to look out for. And more importantly, how ordinary investors like myself can take advantage of some of the opportunities that uh, will no doubt be provided by some of these trends. Uh, like I mentioned earlier, uh, you know, if you would like to see the presentation with Kingsley at uh, LeaderX 2022, there's a link in the episode description. So as you're listening... You can then go through some of these slides. And in part two, we'll be talking investing 101 around index tracking and index ETFs. Only on the Easy Does It podcast, your cool guide to investing. Thank you for pressing play on the Easy Does It podcast. A big shout out to you for hanging out with us. Don't forget to subscribe. We are on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Let us know what you think of this episode on Twitter and Insta. Our handle is at Easy Equities.